Greetings, ladies and metalgents, and welcome to this latest rendition of Tales from Outer Space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And as always, I hope that you enjoy, and if you do, please consider supporting the channel. Now, on to the science fiction. I would like to give a quick thanks to our tier 5 channel members and patrons. Fallen Angel Buzz Killington Thank you, again. Now on to the story. Solverse, the Ragnarok Protocol, written by Eddie Eddie. As with all things in the human coalition, their ability to have a solution pre-prepared is shocking to most species. When the Federation was invaded by the Zerzak Empire and requested human help, the human response was executed so perfectly it is suspected that it had been pre-planned. Several of their war fleets jumped into contested space within moments of the confirmation of the request for aid being received. One of the most shocking was the deployment of Asser Fleet and the display of what was later known as the Ragnarok Protocol. The following report is compiled from both human bridge crews, reports as well as Federation military reports, alongside first-hand recorded footage. On the bridge of the Yoden, Admiral Eric Odinson watched as his ship exited FTL. Around him, his fleet arrived in system. His two escorts, Reki and Gary, appeared within 200 kilometers of the ship. Then came Tyre, Thor, Freya, and slipping into the system without any flash to give away its location, Loki arrived on the far side of one of the moons. The rest of the fleet soon arrived after, including the new addition, the grand ship Valhalla a mighty carrier. On the ground of the system, a Federation mining world not long joined the Federation. The planet had barely finished its stint as a vassal world and just gained its first seat in the Council. The Zerzak were landing troops almost everywhere. The frozen surface of the planet was blasted by plasma bombardment. A chill wind dug into anything foolish enough to not wear heavy thermal protection. The Federation forces had been reduced to holding a few key strongpoints. Two of the rare earth metal mines, the major refinement hub, and one of the two spaceports. There were two spaceports on the planet on opposite sides of the planet, each servicing half of the planet's shipping needs. The call for reinforcements seemingly went unanswered by the Federation. The first the Federation troops knew of the humanity joining the battle was when Zerzak's ships started to pull away from the orbit of the planet to engage with the new arrivals. In the void, the fight began in earnest. Coil and rail guns were hurled across the void, striking shields in flashes of energy. The Odin fired Gungner, this ship's main spinal weapon, over and over again. Each shot found a target but not all were lethal blows. Freya opened her hangers and the Valkyrie poured forth. As the enemy grew close, the directed energy weapons of Thor and Surt started to rip the foes apart. But all the while, fire was being received in turn. Dyer fell, a kinetic weapon tearing through its reactor heart, sending it up in a blaze of fire. All the while, Loki slipped on unseen. On the ground, the Zerzak bombardment had stopped, and the rate of troops landing had slowed to a crawl. 
the Federation troops assumed that the Council had sent reinforcements. That was until the Blue and Red Landers came down on pinions of fire. From these Landers came humans. Humans in strange armor. Some wore power armor, some didn't. All had runic symbols in their equipment, and all carried their hip of a primitive axe or a sword. The Federation troops began to panic until the humans informed them that they were there to help. There were several recorded conversations on Federation records that were overheard amongst the humans, some wondering if they'd seen any real action or if they'd have to set up the crap tents. However, the most prevalent conversation, even amongst the power-armored humans, was if they would be chosen to join the honored dead. It was worth noting, however, that the word used does not exist in the Federation language, so the most accurate translation can be found is used here. The Loki, having done its job delivering the payload of troops and resources to the planet, pulled away to join the battle, only to find the fight had turned far worse than expected. Both fleets were battered and wounded, and the Zerzak fleet was shattered, however. Battle fleet Essa was much reduced. Aboard the Odin, the Admiral waved away the medic, putting away his eye patch where his glass from the main viewport had torn through it and lacerated his eye. Ordering a status report, his face grew even grimmer as he listened to the status of his fleet. Tia was gone, Odin was limping its way through the space, bleeding atmosphere, and the Gungna would not fire again until they could dock for repairs. Thor had detonated its reactor to take out three enemy ships. Admiral Eric swore and complained of all of this reckless and thick-headed things to do. The Odin's escorts were gone, casualties of the first volley. Of his fleet, he maybe had 50% of it, and half of that was in full combat capabilities. Luckily for humanity, Valhalla had come out of it mostly unharmed. They achieved orbit around the frozen, windswept ball of ice that was a planet that they'd come to save. On the ground, the fighting had grown worse. The Zerzak forces had pushed the Federation lines back further, even going so far as to engage in melee with the human forces. This is when the Federation discovered that the ancient weapons the humans carried served far more function than just to be decorative or ceremonial. Almost all the humans had some kind of van brace that projected a circular energy shield on one arm and used the axes and swords with the other. The ancient weapons had been updated to modern standards. Some had edges that flickered and glittered, synthetic blade edges that were barely molecules thick. Others had edges that glowed white-hot with plasma. There were a rare few that had rotary chains that spun and admitted a growling roar. The Federation forces fell back further, through the human lines, clearly expecting the humans to fall back as well to the next line of pre-prepared defenses. The humans, however, had other ideas. It started as a simple name-calling and noises from the human defensive line as the Zerzak pushed forward, to then it becomes sounds of boots thumping on the ground in time. Then came the chanting. It was a well-documented phenomena the humans used music to boost their morale as well as demoralize their foe. However, this seemed to be something else. As if these humans were making ready to meet their death. 
The chant was simple. Two sentences repeated over and over. We are the sons of Odin, fire, blood, and steel. The carnage was shocking to most of the Federation. The humans fought with a brutality and viciousness, which spoke volumes about their willingness to shed blood. The normal humans tore into their foes with axes and swords, the seemingly ancient weapons rending armor and flesh alike with modernized edges. The shields they carried turned away energy blasts and slowed kinetic weapons down enough for the humans' light armor to absorb the blow. The human forces in power armor were even more terrifying. Wielding mighty two-handed weapons, shotguns, or other close-quarters weapons, whilst their shoulder-mounted devices spat fire and explosives. Battlefleet Assa had just settled into supporting orbital positions when the Zerzak reinforcements turned up. The damaged state of the fleet meant that options were to retreat or death. Admiral Eric Odinson looked at his second-in-command, and a silence came over the bridge. Full power to weapons! Signal aim to the station! Relay the following... It is an age of salts and axes, an age of wind and the wolf. Sound the Gralahorn. The bridge became a storm of silent activity. Signals were beamed out across space messages passed between relay stations and information reaching high command of the human coalition. Battlefleet Assa was making its last stand. In the black void of space, a small space dock sat seemingly unremarkable, except for the warship at its dock. Painted grey and black with red running lights, the emblem of a snarling wolf's head emblazoned on its side. The ship itself was a Titanic capital-class ship, half the size of a horseman, outclassing anything in the fleet by quite some tonnage. The ship slipped its moorings and moved away from the station, vanishing into FDL with a flash of light. A signal was sent off to the Asa strike fleet. Greifner is broken. Vendra is free. In orbit over the frozen planet of the Zerzak fleet began landing its own troops to continue the fight on the ground. The supercarrier Valhalla opened like some titanic metallic flower. From within its guts fell huge droplets of metal. Signals bounced between it and the planet. Ragnarok protocol initiated. Einherjar has come. On the planet, the humans had pushed back another wave of attacks when they stopped, all looking at one another. The Federation troops were confused. Had something happened to the humans? An enemy weapon? Some kind of conditioning? When asked, the humans simply answered, Ragnarok has begun, Fenra is coming, and the Einherjar are to march. Then came the screaming sound of burning air as huge, metallic teardrops landed. From within them, the huge quadrupedal walkers. Humanoid upper torsos with four legs, armed with huge siege cannons and even a few melee weapons, as if they expected to face down things of similar size. The Federation troops were in awe. So these were the Enyariar. The honored dead of the strike fleet Asa. Titanic war mechanics piloted the spirits of fallen soldiers. Each war machine 
had a human commander and several uploaded human minds to assist them. The humans broke cover and marched forward. They were singing again. This time they were singing to a song that was coming from the speakers of the Anian Yar. A song of shattered shields, of splintered skulls and bloody red ruin. A song of death and war. In orbit above the ice wall, the broken and battered Asa fleet held back the Zerzak fleet as best they could. Aboard the Yodin, the Admiral had long since discarded the eye patch. The eye had at once hidden and displayed information, too, had been ruined due to a stray shard of glass from the first battle in the system. The dune chip in his neck was working overtime. He was assisting the AI as it took over from each station where a person fell as well as beaming as much information back to the Heimdallah station as possible. Even if every ship fell here today, they would live on, stored in the central back of Heimdallah, ready to take up positions as the honored dead aboard the next fleet Asa. Even as the plasma burst destroyed the main command bridge of Odin, the Admiral continued his command, awakening to a digital construct of the bridge within his ship's AI core. It was no longer Odinson. He was the Odin, with every one of its captains before him at his back. If he was to fall, he would fall in such a glorious battle, and it would burn in the memory of all of those who heard its name. Even as the Odin fell apart, there was a flash of a ship leaving FDL on the edge of the system. Fenra had arrived. What happened next is a topic of fierce debate, but what is known is that the system no longer has a son. From studying human records and history, it is suspected that the Fenra carried a forbidden human weapon. A human weapon that could extinguish suns. The weapon is suspected to be called the Skull or the Haiti, after such figures in legend that the Asaf fleet was based on. The other known fact is that Fenra didn't annihilate the Zerzak fleet, but rather consumed it, as well as all the orbiting debris, holding the system long enough for further Federation reinforcements to arrive before leaving. The Federation held the system, though it is funny to suggest that they won. The humans won. The Federation simply were not their enemies this time. The small planet was renamed Nephilim, and the system became known as Ganungagap. The battle simply became known as Ragnarok. This was the first time the Federation came to witness what the cost of destroying a human fleet was. It would not be the last. The Federation would soon learn that each fleet would claim vengeance on its own way should it be defeated and broken. Ragnarok was just the beginning. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed, and if you do, please consider supporting the author, even by popping over and leaving a thumbs up or a nice comment just to show your appreciation for the story. However, if you wish to support this channel, there are links down below which will help immensely. I will see you all in the next one, and until then, I hope that you have a fantastic day. Cheers.